This is Hallway Chats, where we meet people who use WordPress. We ask questions, and our guests share their stories, ideas, and perspectives. And now the conversation begins. This is episode 71. Welcome to Hallway Chats. I'm Tara Clays. And I'm Liam Dempsey. Today, we're joined by Malcolm Peralti. Malcolm suggests that he is potentially known and forgotten in the WordPress community. He has done a little of everything with WordPress and is currently the co-founder of Press Titan, a premium managed WordPress hosting service. Hi, Malcolm. Hello, hello. Hey, Malcolm. We're glad you're here. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Sure. So I've been using WordPress since 0.72, so not 1.72 or 2.72, but um, basically since late 2003. And like I said, like like the intro said, I've done a little bit of everything. So I kind of fell into this whole thing. I didn't really expect to be doing this as my career. I was I was going towards computer networking and plugging in computers and kind of fell into uh, professional blogging for a little while and then taking care of websites and it's kind of grown and moved from there. And now here I am today, uh, a little over a year into uh, co-founding Press Titan. So it's been a crazy ride. Where are you located? Uh, in Kingston, Ontario, Canada. So about uh, between Ottawa and Toronto. I usually say just outside of Toronto because that's pretty much the only city that anyone any outside of Canada seems to know. So. Uh, that's what I usually say, but yeah, it's it's Kingston, really nice waterfront city. Yeah, cool. Glad to have a Canadian on the show. There's a nice campus up there. Yeah. University, Kingston yeah. University, right? Queens, yeah. Queens is an amazing university up here, yeah. All right. So 2003, is that when you said you started? Yeah. And were you uh, in school at the time, or were you like in in? Fifth grade. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, I'm. I was just out of college. Um, it was the height of the tech crash. I had my computer networking diploma in hand, and uh, there was really no jobs out there. And uh, I had done a little bit of PHP programming when I was in college, and uh, decided that I had a lot that I wanted to say. Of course, as every uh, youth hopefully does, and said a lot of horrible things on my first blog, and found WordPress, and fell in love with it, and. It just kind of spiraled out of control from there. Uh, well, you look young. You look like you would have been very young to be in that early, early version of WordPress, but that's cool. <laughs> um, so what were you blogging about? Were you, uh, yeah, was uh, it stuff or? Yeah, mostly. Like I was covering like laptops and cameras and, and what was happening in WordPress. And um, a couple of my favorite sites had been purchased by this guy, Jacob Gower. He came along and he purchased like CSS Vault and, um, Forever Geek, and so a bunch of these blogs that I was a huge fan of. So I reached out and I was like, I want to interview you for my personal blog. And I was expecting no response or him to be like, go away, kid kind of thing. And he's like, sure, why? And I was like, you just bought all the sites that I like. And so we got talking and, and uh, he said, how would you like to run these sites? I bought them and I don't really know how to do this. And so that was kind of my first foray into like professional blogging and how I started this whole thing. That's a cool story. Yeah. What was the turnaround between the initial email and you on the clock managing sites trying to figure out how to do it? Um, probably three or four months from start to finish. Um, 
I, not a ton of time. No, no. And it was funny. The, the reason that he ended up hiring me on full time, he wanted to hire me on part time at first. That was his, his whole idea, right? And I was like trying to balance how I was going to work at uh, Future Shop, which was the Canadian Best Buy that no longer exists. Um, I was working at Future Shop as a tech person and, you know, writing on the side. And I actually had two part-time jobs. I was working for Darren Rouse, uh, who's like pro blogger. A lot of people know him as pro blogger uh, on his technology sites. He had like a whole bunch of like laptop blogs and camera blogs way back in the day that were really just, um, you know, about getting traffic to convert with Google AdSense. And I was writing on his stuff while he was gone on a vacation and I was working part-time for Jacob. And when Jacob found out Darren was interested in hiring me on, he hired me on full-time and yeah, I was lucky that way. I was making probably around like $3 an hour when I started blogging full-time as a paid position. (laughs) (laughs) So not, I wasn't like rolling in the money or anything like that, but uh, I loved every minute of it. I was working long hours and publishing dozens of articles a day and just loving it. Yeah. Working long hours and loving it. That's those things can go hand in hand, I guess. Sometimes. So tell us about what you're doing now and that you're doing some hosting. It sounds like, so what is that? Is that also long hours that you're loving? Uh, Sometimes I'm, I'm thankfully I've, I've developed a lot of skills in WordPress over the decade and a half. And so I find it pretty easy to do like 99% of things I need to do. Um, we currently only have about a hundred ish websites that we're hosting. Um, so not like massive, like WP engine numbers or anything like that, but enough that we can spend personal time with each and every customer we have, which is really great. And I kind of fell into that as well. A, a colleague of mine, David Krug, uh, his wife was pregnant and it was a man, one man show at the time. It wasn't even press Titan. It was just him kind of freelancing, hosting these sites. And with the baby on the way, he was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I need someone I can trust to do this for me while I'm on maternity leave. And who do I, who do I know that can do that? And so he contacted me and I said, well, I really only want to do this if we're going to go 50, 50 and actually make a real go of this. Um, at the time I was ready to kind of like settle into a career for the long haul. I'd kind of bounced around. I had lots of jobs that were like one year, two year, three year. And I really wanted something that was going to last a long time. And I figured that the only way I was going to have that is if I built it myself. And uh, it just seemed like the perfect opportunity in time. And so that's what we've done. There's a lot of competition in that space. Very much so. Yeah. Um, thankfully, after the first couple of people that David Krug had on his kind of list of freelance clients, everything else has been um, due to referral. So we've grown entirely from referral, no advertising, no, you know, complex marketing beyond that. And, uh, you know, we're kind of getting to the point now where we're thinking about expanding into, you know, a third or fourth person because it's just the two of us still. And uh, so we've been starting to kind of market a little bit more and try to figure out that space. And, you know, I know it's, it's difficult. I mean, I've worked with WP Engine before on some projects for them. And I kind of, I have a good understanding of how they do what they do. And uh, I've been very fortunate in my career to pick up a lot of, uh, you know, a unique set of skills. And I think, you know, you can, you know, you can go to places and get a lot of kind of package support for WordPress and you can go to a lot of places and get managed hosting. And I think it's kind of a little bit more rare to find both, you know, with one billing cycle or one company that you can work with. And so that's where we've hit that kind of a little bit of a unique selling point, a little bit of a unique stride. I think about, um, people who have hosting companies or who work for hosting companies as being sort of like, um, like doctors, especially like a, like a obstetrician type of doctor where you're on call and you have to, you know, get up at two in the morning when you get the call that the baby's on the way or, 
something bad has happened to someone. So how do you handle that with two people and a hundred websites, I imagine, and not, not necessarily the fault of your servers, things happen, whatever, somebody clicks an update and the site crashes and they're panicked and they need to contact support. So do you have the phone ringer on 24 seven and you have to get up at two in the morning when that happens? So thankfully, Krug is in the Philippines right now. So we're on an exactly 12 hour uh, schedule difference. So when it's noon here, it's midnight there and vice versa. Convenient. It's very- super convenient. He's thinking about moving to Colorado and I keep trying to convince him not to because it's just been so nice to have that kind of uh, ability to bounce things back and forth whenever we're kind of sleeping or away. Um, but yeah, we've, we've had to get up in the middle of the night multiple times before. Uh, and it's, it's just part of the job. I mean, when you balance out the time you spend during the day, you know, dealing with that emergency stuff is, is not really a big deal. Uh, and it's worth it. So I want to go back a little bit, uh, and just talk again about getting into business uh, with your colleague where he came to you and said that uh, his wife was pregnant and he was excited about that. And can you help with this business? And you said, yes. And here's how I see it coming together. Again, there's not a lot of time. At the most, it was nine months that you had to figure out how to do business together. And if he's anything like me, he probably sweated it out for a month and a half or two before he realized, I got to get on this and fix something. So talk a little bit how that came together, because I'm interested in that kind of personal dynamic. Sure. Yeah. So we've known each other for going on 10 or 12 years. Um, We've worked together on different projects here and there before for other companies, Um, And we've just been kind of like ships passing in the night over and over again, always going, we should really do something together and never really, you know, syncing up for the right time, right? I've always been kind of, you know, if you look at my employment history, I've been very fortunate that I've always been employed, right? I've always had another career, another job, another company um, that I've been able to work with and learn from. And so, you know, I've never really kind of wanted to take those kinds of big risks before and say, let's do it on our own. And you know, this was just kind of the, the, the perfect time and a kind of a lucky ask. And uh, when he asked me, we had maybe six weeks to figure it all out and what that would look like in a partnership agreement and, you know, introducing me to the few freelance clients that he had and like determining what name and like coming up with the logo and, you know, registering the businesses and all that stuff, right? Um, the complexities there, like, I never thought of myself as an entrepreneur or a business owner. And so being kind of thrown into that has been, kind of ridiculous in a sense because, you know, Tara, you, you mentioned that I look young, but in business, I feel very young. I feel very much like, you know, a six-year-old playing, you know, little cars with a friend of mine and saying, hey, let's, you know, sell these cars to the kid down the block. Like, I don't, I don't really have a deep understanding of business and neither does David Krug. And so we're, that's probably been the, the biggest learning curve for us has not been the technology and the hosting and the WordPress. It's been understanding business. Yeah. Yeah, and as you grow, that will change even more as you, you know, you become more, that uh, you're hiring more people and uh, doing human resources and benefits and all those things too. So you said you never thought of yourself as an entrepreneur. How do you like it? I mean, it sounds like this is a challenge. You're not necessarily doing the tech stuff as much as your business grows, like I'm saying now. Yeah, so, I mean, we've been there have been points where we've had to do some cross training between Krug and I, because I quickly gravitate towards technology. It's something that I'm very comfortable with and it's very easy for me. And so sometimes he kind of got cut out of the loop on all these different things. And then like, you know, six weeks would go by and he'd go, wait, how do we do this now? Like, what is the procedure for moving this site from one server to ours? Like, 
what did you do? Like, what tool is this? Where did this come from? Um, so there's been lots of cross training between the two of us to kind of keep up to date on that. Like he's, like he's been, I've been kind of pushing like, you do the invoicing. I don't want to do the invoicing. And now he's had to cross train me on that to make sure that I understand how he processes invoices and things like that. Um, but we're very fortunate in that again, because we have such a limited client base, we can really, you know, dive deep into all these different things. If I work like a, you know, some weeks I'll work like a 20 hour work week. Some weeks I'll work a 60 hour work week. And in the end it mostly balances out. I mean, my wife kind of makes sure of that. Uh, but yeah, we, we get to spend as much time as we want on each of these things. And, uh, you know, I really enjoy that. Is your business partner Canadian as well, or is it at least a Canadian business and, or no, you're, you're, you're shaking your head as, as we're chatting here. Tell me a little bit about, about that. You know, where is your partner from and, and how did, you know, which country did you decide and how did, how does payroll work or how does, <laughs> all that kind of stuff? Yeah. And I mean, that's only getting more complex as we're getting ready to hire on. Um, he's born in the States, lived a lot of his life in Mexico, now lives in the Philippines. Um, so he's very much kind of, oh, so he's just not there on vacation or on a kind of nobody. He just, no, uh, yeah. Yeah. He's okay. married and with kids there and has his whole life set up there. And, um, he really would love to come back to the States and just is kind of in the process of making that happen. I don't, no offense to anyone that lives in the States. I don't know why you would want to move there from the Philippines. I mean, he lives like a king in the Philippines making what we make. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So does he not pay attention to any news? <laughs> I can't comment on that part, but, uh, fair enough, fair yeah, enough, fair yeah. enough. He, no, I'm being a bit guy. silly. He, no, I know. I'm being silly. I'm not insulting him. He, he registered press Titan in Nevada. Um, so it was an American business and I've registered it as Canadian business and we just have a partnership between us. Right. So I basically invoice him as though I'm a client of his business and that's how we've worked it out. Cause it's really the easiest in terms of, um, dealing with that kind of thing because Canadian, like, yeah, just the whole Canadian American business thing is not for the faint of heart at all. Yeah, we won't get into the whole trade negotiations oh my that goodness. are happening there too, right? That's not a political show. So let me move on to uh, something that we talk about on every show, which is success. And I think it's related to what we're talking about. And I'm really curious to hear what you'll say, given that you are sort of in this new territory and how you, um, how you would define success as it relates to your new venture as a business owner as an entrepreneur that's something that you never really expected and maybe how that ties into your view of success personally as well sure um so i would say in my late 20s i started to have this vision of what success was for me um i had had a failed relationship and she had basically said like you're the kind of person that won't be happy until you're president of the planet kind of thing right you're always trying to climb that corporate ladder really quickly you're always trying to move up too far too fast um and you're never happy with the position you're in and so that really got me to think like you know what what am i looking for what do i want what is success and you know i really kind of i defined it as this this ideal of kind of being comfortable enough financially to take care of your family and friends without worrying about making ends meet while still having the flexibility to kind of spend the time diving deep on your passions. Right. Um, if I, if I had to do 60, 80, hundred hour work weeks every week, even doing something that I loved, I think it would burn me out. I really want to kind of experiment and, and, you know, see what the cutting edge is and try to create the cutting edge. And to do that, you need time. Um, you need time to fail. 
And so, yeah, success for me has been, you know, as we've set up Press Titan, we've been very careful about scaling. We've been very careful about, you know, which clients we take on, very particular. Um, you know, even though it is a hyper-competitive environment, we really want to make sure that we have that balance to, to really kind of explore and dive deep on our passions. Mm. Do you do you think that your business partner and you have similar views of success as it relates to your business? Um, sometimes it uh, it can be hard to see eye to eye. Sometimes uh, David Krug really would love to be kind of that you know next WP Engine or that next like major hosting company. Um, he has he has had lots of smaller projects, smaller companies, um, lots of freelance work that he's done. And so, you know, the idea that we could, you know, do a thousand websites or 10,000 websites or a hundred thousand websites really appeals to him. Um, but his goal is similar to mine where the, the want to expand is in hopes that it will allow him to find maybe like a COO or someone to kind of run a lot of the show to let him kind of figure out what's next, what's the cutting edge. Yeah. And so this idea of being, being big, being um, competitive with the big guys that, that you mentioned, that's, that could possibly be a struggle because there is this, I know I, I have a business partnership and have a lot of entrepreneurial friends, some of whom have made it clear that they really want to have an agency, you know, with the sign on the building and office space and employees and Christmas parties and all those things that you think of as a big company. And I've, I've, had to say that's clearly like from the start when you're starting a partnership that's not what I want I want I don't want that stress of making payroll and not paying myself and so so that's a really important conversation that you've had with your with with your business partner about how you what your goals are in terms of growth and size and and responsibilities so it sounds like you guys have talked about it very often for sure yeah Malcolm, within that definition of success, then what's the most important thing you're doing or can do every day to achieve that success? It's, it's really been about spending kind of that, that first hour to every day on myself, uh, on the things that I want to learn, the things that I want to understand, the projects that I want to tackle, um, where I am with everything that's going on in my life, not just in terms of my work, but my personal life, looking at that calendar and understanding kind of, you know, my position in it and, you know, booking my free time to like play video games or watch a movie with my wife and just kind of having that complete understanding of what things look like and knowing that I can move those blocks around and that, but those things are all that in there and important to me. I find too many of the people that I've worked with previously will put in their calendar all their work stuff and not any of their personal stuff. And what ends up happening is they just slide those little work lines longer and longer or, you know, the, all the personal stuff basically it's forgotten because they're not important enough to put in your schedule. When you say the, the first hour or two of the day, do you mean quite literally your day? So waking up and the like, or do you mean? Roll, getting, yeah. Rolling out of bed kind of thing. Yeah. Getting into the home office kind of thing. Well, I mean, I appreciate it's probably the same, but yeah, it's hard, right? Because like my hobbies are really computer related as well. So, you know, pretty much from when I get up until my wife says, you have to get off the computer because I need to spend time with you. You know, I kind of sit myself in this chair and do various things. So, uh, yeah, pretty much the start of the day, uh, when I get up, I roll out of bed and 
you know, do all the morning routine stuff, sit in the chair with my bowl of cereal and, and kind of look at that calendar and figure out what my life looks like. Cool. I like that. I like that. So let me uh, kind of change gears a little bit with you and walk us back towards WordPress a bit. You said you've been involved since zero point something and, <laughs> you know, long before any idea or concept of a WordPress community exists mm-hmm. long before WordCamps and meetups and the like, and probably even long before many people had even heard of it, much less using it. Are you involved with the, the wider WordPress community uh, currently? And if so, uh, where are you with all of that? And you, you mentioned in your intro that, I mentioned in your intro that you've been known and forgotten within the community. Talk to me about what you meant by that and maybe relate it to whatever you're doing currently, please. Sure. So uh, I spend, like I've been publishing my own kind of little WordPress podcast called the WordPress Minute or the WP Minute. And it's a daily look at kind of uh, what are the top news stories every day uh, in one to two minutes, basically. So cover the headlines, my a little blurb about my opinions on each thing that's happening and and I publish that every day. And I'm, I think I'm up over like 60 some odd episodes now. Um, and I haven't missed a day yet. I'm, I'm hoping to get to 100 and not miss a day. So that's my goal right now. Um, I spend a little bit of time on kind of the, the WordPress support forums. I did a live stream, uh, I think about two weeks back, where I said, hey, I'll answer anyone's questions. And if no one shows up, I'm going to be doing you know WordPress support forum stuff. And I did. And it was really funny. One of the people came back and was like, you answered my question. And it was like, how did you find this video? That's really weird. But you know, it's, it's really fun, but I mean, I haven't really had as much, I haven't made it as much of a priority as I probably should recently. Um, you know, back when I started, I was on, you know, the WordPress podcast with Charles Strickland, which was kind of the de facto original WordPress podcast. Uh, I did, you know, uh, probably about 50 plus episodes of WordPress weekly with Jeff Chandler, um, who, you know, that's kind of one of the more popular WordPress podcasts of the day. Um, you know, I've, I've done, I've worked for support for Gravity Forms, you know, kind of one of the big premier um, plugins or paid plugins for WordPress. I've released themes for WordPress back before 2.0 existed. You know, I hope no one's using them today because if you are, they probably are riddled with security holes and I would be very sad. Um, Yeah, so I've done a little bit of everything. I, I, you know, and I was a pretty prolific, you know, WordPress blogger back in the day. I've probably written about, you know, 10 to 15,000 posts about kind of the WordPress news and WordPress community. Um, back in the early days, like pre 2.0. So, yeah. so, so what happened? What happened? Well, uh, you know, in 2008 or whatever, when the U.S. kind of went through its little financial fun, um, a lot of the money in terms of advertising dollars just vanished overnight. And that meant uh, content creators that were in North America were kind of given the boot. Um, you know, server managers in North America, a lot of them were kind of given the boot for like cheaper places and, and rightly so at the time, like some of these businesses, they couldn't have survived had they not done that. I got it. It wasn't a big deal, but I ended up working for like the government for a while and working for some other agencies and kind of, kind of working my way back into kind of the wider WordPress community. But, um, I felt kind of a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit burned from the whole thing. Uh, you know, just because you, are successful in a community doesn't mean that the community is necessarily going to, you know, find a position for you. You really have to kind of figure out how to carve that out yourself. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So, so you've come back and you're, uh, 
Are you reinvigorated? And with all the changes that are happening in WordPress, are you, does that motivate you? It's, and you're, you're on a different side of it now, right? You're doing hosting. Yeah. You're not doing yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. I will say uh, Jeff Chandler used to call me kind of the WordPress curmudgeon, and I don't think that uh, all this stuff with Gutenberg hasn't changed that at all. Uh, I'm well, very say hypercritical. Jeff call you a curmudgeon. I think that's maybe. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, he's he used to be a big WordPress fanboy back in the days. If you go listen to the first ten episodes of WordPress Weekly, man, he yeah. was all like, "This is the best thing ever." So he was he was you know sunny uh, sunshine lollipops kind of guy back in the day. Okay. Uh, everything WordPress, you know, he was like kissing the ground Matt walked on. Um, so it's been interesting to watch him as he's kind of learned kind of those deeper things. He's been able to grow those opinions as I did kind of back when I was on the show with him. Um, grow these opinions and, and have these discussions about, you know, where WordPress is heading, where we want it to be. How do you deal with the fact that kind of there's this, this lower barrier to entry that continues to happen? And, you know, how do we, you know, make it more accessible, get more developers on board, um, make it friendlier for users, but also kind of continue to, to push the limit of what the technology can do? Yeah, those are, uh, that's not, a, I would have thought, a, a unique experience for a WordPress person involved in WordPress, you know, the idea of open source and the concept and coming into the community. And then, and it's not necessarily a WordPress experience, but it's like anything that we as humans encounter, there's a, I don't want to call it a honeymoon because that overstates the relationship, but some sort of, uh, you know, we, we find something new that we like, we enjoy it, we get really excited about it, then we use it a little bit more, we work with it a little bit more, and we, we see it's a little bit more of its nature, and nothing's perfect, everything has challenges. Um, and, and, and I, I will say that the sheen of the comes off of it, but, but, you know, we see it perhaps in a little, little truer light. I think that's one of the good things about WordPress, though, right? Like, if you have an issue with Microsoft Office, let's say, it's very difficult to go to Microsoft and say, hey, you really need to fix this issue. Here's what you need to do. Please, right. Here's my please. patch. Can you yeah, exactly. <laughs> put, put that in for your next release? You know, <laughs> it doesn't happen. So it's, it's so great that we have this, this kind of um, publishing platform where we can all kind of have a voice and have a say in, in what we want to have happen. And uh, I think it's only made better by more people having, you know, these th differing opinions and these conversations. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. The idea that more people trying to solve the problems and, and also more people thinking about the problem, right? Because the way that the three of us in this call would position a certain challenge or problem could be useful, but we might be totally missing the boat, right? And, and, and having more people think about that is, is really helpful. It's good to get advice from other people and to hear their mindsets and the like. And, and with that in mind, I'm going to switch it to uh, another one of our more signature questions around advice. And Malcolm, the question is, is what is the single most valuable piece of advice that you have ever received, personal or professional, that you've worked into your life and that's really made a big difference to you? Where did somebody tell you? Where did something you read? What did you hear on a podcast? <laughs> See in a I, video? I mean, I instantly think of uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, I'm a huge fan of his style of kind of business and motivation, um, which is kind of remember to go back to kind of that, that old world business, um, that personal touch, that, you know, interaction and communication. I think, um, you know, I live on my computer. I, you know, I'm surrounded by technology all the time. And, you know, the best things that are stored in my brain are those personal moments, whether they happen on a computer or not, 
it's those personal moments that mean the most to me. And they're the things that have brought me the most success. So, um, you know, reaching out and, and asking how someone's doing on Facebook and really wanting to know, um, you know, putting out a response to someone's Twitter message when they're having a hard day. Like those are the kinds of things that, that can mean the, a huge difference to someone else. And, you know, if you, you know, rising tide lifts all boats kind of thing, right? If we all work together, we can do some amazing things. Yeah, that's really interesting that, uh, that point. And I had a conversation over the weekend with a friend who was going through some challenges and I just wanted to give this friend space. And so it turns out she was expressing some concern that you know, nobody reached out uh, from the wider community. And it was only after she was kind of in a position to move forward that she, you know, was able to share that with people. And it's just reaching out even just to say, hey, we're thinking of you, even if you can't come back to us right now. That's a, that's a really valid point. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, thank you. Very sincere. Let me, let me swing it back to your new business because you're, how long have you been in business now? How long has been Press Titan kind of public and running and bringing in clients with, with you fighting for control of the, jokingly fighting for control of the helm? Uh, about 14 months now. Okay. Yeah. So how are, you, how are you implementing that advice, that personal touch, that not just, hey, did we solve your tech support problem? <laughs> Obviously, you got to do that. But how are you, how are you doing that through Press Titan? How does that work through? Uh, I mean, the, the big thing, all the bigger companies are going to like facepalm this, but no standardized reporting. I mean, we, we custom write emails to our clients talking about, what we've done for them, what we'd like to see them do, kind of any advice that we might have for them if they're looking for more advice. I mean, we don't, none of our clients um, ever just deal with us on that kind of, you know, is your website up? Is WordPress up to date kind of thing? Like we actually talk to them about their business and their business goals. And, um, you know, I know most of their family members at this point because they've, you know, joined us on a Slack call or something. So, um, you know, having, having those personal experiences with them and not just form lettering everything in the business is, has been, it's a huge time commitment, but it's worth every, every minute. Yeah, I can see how it would be building loyalty with, with your customers where it's, you know, not just we'll do the services you pay us for, but we do care about your family and, you know, that's really yeah, great. That's unique. This is, it is, it is. This is a conversation that we could go on for, for hours, <laughs> but alas, alas, I believe we are out of time. Malcolm, before we say goodbye to you, will you share with us and with our listeners where we can find you online, please? Sure. So uh, my Twitter account is at find purpose. Um, long story there. If you ever want to talk about it, go ahead and tweet me. <laughs> and uh, of course, on PressTitan.com, go ahead and use the contact form for whatever if, if you just want to reach out. Awesome. I was uh, intrigued by your Twitter handle when... Uh, when we were communicating about having you on the show. So maybe after, after we stop recording, you can tell us that story. Sure. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. It was really great to meet you. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Bye. welcome. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the show. We sure hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you like what we're doing here, meeting new people in our WordPress community, we invite you to tell others about it. We're on iTunes and at hallwaychats.com. Better yet, ask your WordPress friends and colleagues to join us on the show. Encourage them to complete the Beyond the Show form on our site to tell us about themselves.